Welcome to the podcast that can now legally drink, as this is episode number 21. You might want to after this. Well, I mean, maybe, yeah. There's a, cert- a certain thing we're going to be talking about that, whew, it's something. It's like the... Spoiler alert, it's not Zelda games. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast <laughs> where we push back the Zelda episode yet again. I-, I think we've pushed it back now like a month. Yeah, I think something. so. I think, you know... You know these schedules; they just uh, they just happen. Some things just are out of our control. Some games that we we play are just like, hey, we should probably talk about these. And it's like, well, no Zelda episode. Man. I guess we could do it next week again. <laughs> 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 the everlasting next week episode. Anyways, Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> this is the seasonal anime checkup OVA episode number twenty-one. I'm Jared, joined as always by. The best podcast co-host <gasps> and lady thank you. thank you thank you and you know it's been you know i think 18 episodes since we've had to reach in and dig deep into the grab bag but we're gonna do it yet again and we're gonna talk about three different games <clears throat> i'm sorry i'm laughing because you're like we didn't do the zelda one but now we're reaching in deep to do this other yes. thing where we're having to find these things yep. like no yep <laughs> they're relevant well no i'm just you know, you got a big, you got a big bag. You got to reach in and grab all the stuff out. All right, let's grab bag it. Let's grab bag it. We're gonna talk about three different games for three different systems. Snap. Technically, uh, we're going to talk about Period Cube. There's a subtitle for it, but I don't remember it. Oh my goodness! You're gonna make me do this now. Um, Shackles of Amadeus. God, <laughs> that's a game out for the PlayStation Vita. It is. Uh, we're going to talk about Poyo Poyo Tetris, which is out on the PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. Also on the Xbox One and only in Japan. That makes sense? Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, fun fact about that game, it is only a physical release, or it's only a digital release on the Switch. And the physical version of the Switch is $40. The digital version is $30. Hmm. Because you get, like, two keychains in the physical version for the Switch. And there's nice. no digital version on PlayStation 4. Because apparently Tetris rights are crazy. Yep. And then finally, we're going to talk about another Nintendo Switch game that just, just came out. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Deluxe. I had to look over at my case and remember if that was a subtitle or not. <laughs> it is the subtitle. I could have confirmed. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's the agenda for today's episode. I, I hope you're looking forward to it, guys, because it's going to be a wild ride. I guess there's going to be spoilers. If you want those hot period cube spoilers, or you're really trying to avoid <laughs> them, this is your warning, I guess? I don't... Look... <laughs> Last episode. Don't judge me for playing period. I, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not judging you at all. Last episode, we talked about JoJo, and Al over here was basically like, "What the f- is this show?" This week, <laughs> for Period Cube, the entire time she was texting me about it, I was like, "What the f- is this game?" <laughs> so get ready for a lot of that. Yep. Uh, prepare your minds and your butts. You still won't understand what's going on even after we say that, so. Nope. Nope. So we should probably start with Period Cube. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Period Cube. Um, what the f*** so... is this game? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
you are well okay you are a normal high school girl 17 years old and your brother your older brother goes missing shocker um your older brother is also a big big fan of an mmo that um i'm blanking on the name arcadia is the name and um he plays with your childhood friend and you go to his apartment and check it out and it says accessing world v and your childhood friend whose name is heroya he's like oh i got a message from shiki your brother that says don't go anywhere near world v because it doesn't actually exist it's the only one of the servers that doesn't exist so you know that things are about to go completely bananas really really quickly so of course because we're a spunky 17 year old girl we access the game should we preface this by saying this is an otome game oh we should we in case people should. weren't aware yet <laughs> it's an Otome game. Um, date all the boys. Actually, it's a terrible decision to date all the boys, yeah. but it's the only way that I could actually figure out what the heck was happening in the story. <laughs> from what I've gathered from all of your texts, like it seems like a bad idea to date all the boys. I mean, some of them are good, but all of them are bad. Um, I Again, I, I dated all of them just so I would get a full picture of the story. Um, I, you know, from listening to me text you that some of them, I was very angry while I was dating them. Mm -hmm. It's bad when the character who is a literal serial killer is a better choice for you to date than some of the other guys. He's literally a serial killer. I'm like, yeah, I'd date you over these other two. Especially, especially at least two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Two of them, potentially three, potentially. Also, don't date the serial killer because it's just <laughs> bad life choices. Um, pro tip in general. Pro tip in general. If if he says that he likes the way it feels when a blade goes into the stomach of someone else, you probably should run. Not be like, wow, he's so pretty. Maybe I could change him. Look at you, Tumblr. Yeah, well... <laughs> Tumblr loves the edgelords. I'm sure Demento is right up there with him. I mean, um, have you seen, there's like no fan reaction to this game, so we, you, we're going to we're going to tell you more about this game than you can find on any of the the wikis that are out there right now. So we're pretty much it, like the number one source of knowledge for this video game. For period cube. Oh my god, that's so shocking. It's weird. Like I went online to find anything about this game, and I couldn't. There's nothing about it anywhere. Like there is like um there's a brief little thing like on a wiki. I don't know if it's like a pure I don't think it's a pure specific one. It might just be for like Itome games and stuff like that. But it has like the most basic info for like all like the main uh boys you can date. And even then it's like super super vague to where it's like you it doesn't really tell you anything of note or like worthwhile information. No, it doesn't tell you like how to get unlock their routes what to do on their routes um I so the game <laughs> itself doesn't actually tell you um so there are meters through the like game menu that has like your almighty skill ability and then like your affection with the particular dude that you're trying to date which the affection meter makes sense i understand that but the game doesn't explain to you what the almighty meter is so that was a little confusing for me 
so you, I found out eventually. So what does it do then? So you have to select the correct thing in battle. If you get to a battle and you select something and nothing, like the screen doesn't light up, then you don't, you didn't pick the right thing. You have to have the screen light up because that means that you did the right thing as the Almighty. You are basically learning how to use your ability because she, when she goes into the game, she selects to be the same um, race as uh, Heroya, the friend. But when she actually is in the game, she becomes Almighty as her race. And essentially, it's considered like there are three rare swords in the game that the system message says to defeat the final arc of World V, you have to have all three swords. And she's basically one of them. So she becomes an item person type thing. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> So everybody's like, oh, man, I want the almighty. And so, like, people keep trying to kidnap you and people keep trying to use you. And she's like, I don't know how to use it. So she literally doesn't know how to use it until you up your almighty meter. Aha. Uh -huh. Aha. But the game doesn't explain that. <laughs> so um, it was really confusing for a minute. And then I figured it out. and I was like, oh. When the screen lights up, that means I did right thing. Thumbs up. Yeah. Um, so I guess, like, in generalities, that's that's what's common between all of them is that she, she gets put into the game. She becomes almighty because she creates, um, she creates a profile on her brother's computer as a sub-character. On his, on his profile. And again, spoiler alert, her brother is the one that created the game and her brother is the one that created World V. So he had actually intended to be almighty. Whoops. But she became it. Yeah, whoops, my B. Um, so she kind of gunked that up by being curious. And... Um, so why her brother is creating this is because she gets into a car accident when she's younger because Heroya is like, hey, let's go play. And he waves at her and she runs across the street to go hang out with him and gets hit by a car. Um, so <laughs> older brother hates Heroya and also decides that he's going to make a world where she can no longer feel pain and nothing bad can ever happen to her. Thus... He creates World V so that people are stuck in the game and he can create like a soul paradise that separates your soul from your body. Again, none of this is making sense to anybody who's listening right now. It just sounds like a very bad idea. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's an atrocious idea. Um, so there's, I don't even remember what they call it. Um, for some weird reason, Akashic Records is what it's called. There's this, like, mental library thing, question mark, that the older brother accesses after she's in the hospital when she's a young kid. And he's basically saying, like, how can I make a world where she never is hurt? And so the records, the library is like, here's this book that teaches you how to separate the soul from the body. Because that's a good thing to give to an eight-year-old or whatever he is. Totally. Yeah, so he basically becomes, like, a programming genius because of that. Even though he's in medical school? 
He's just on the side doing all this stuff as well, on top of his, like, medical exams and all that stuff, you know. He's got all right. the time in the world. Also, he's 21 in medical school. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you have to have, like, a lower degree before you actually, like, get into medical school. But what if you're a genius? Ah. But he's not the only one. There's another character who is right under him uh, because there's a point of contention in his storyline that he's second place in the class and he's also 21. And also the older brother has a friend. uh, His name is Natsu and Natsu ends up being the test run uh, for separating the soul from the body because Natsu gets into a car accident and is dying does everyone so just get she, into car accidents in this game? Apparently. <laughs> uh, and, and so Shiki uses him as a test run and steals his soul out of his body and puts it into World V. Um, into the period cube, which is the operating system of the game. <laughs> Go figure. And, uh, and so Natsu is actually like trying to stop Shiki throughout every single route. Like his consciousness comes up and he shows his body. So like everybody is like an angel or a demon or whatever, you know, one character has dog ears and a wolf tail and one character has six wings, including butt wings. And one character has horns and like bat wings are a thing. So every character is a thing. Um, but whenever Natsu shows up, he's just kind of transparent and wearing like a regular pea coat. And you're like, something's weird with you. Who are you? Uh, so he's basically saying that Shiki's out of control and you need to stop him. True. So I guess I I should talk about some of the good routes. Uh, I think the canon route is pretty much Hiroya, the childhood best friend. Dog boy. Dog boy. He's... Which he has some weird moments, too. He he has a lot of weird insecurities about, like, how close you were with your brother. Um, <laughs> which later becomes important. Rightfully so. Uh, yes. Um, and he also tries to lick your bloody knee at one point because he's a dog. And he says that it's antiseptic and will help you. And I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> that was um, um, very weird. It was, and he calls you Baka a lot, a whole lot. Baka. Baka. But he was cute, and I really liked his story, and his is pretty much like the canon one. He's on the box art. He's on the, the main, like, intro. He's he's your canon boy. He's got his own drama uh, CD. He's got his own drama CD. He was really nice, and I liked him, and like, he's able to help you figure out the whole period cube thing and stop it so that everybody... Uh, everybody lives, and the only like detrimental thing that happens is that Shiki loses his memory of the past five years. Probably a good thing. <laughs> so I like that one. And um, he he had a really cute story. He was he was my favorite. Um, Radius Ray is an idol, uh, like Japanese idol. Model first, then an idol. Uh, And he is on the demon faction. He has horns. And he... um, He is the one that is the holder of the demon sword. I forget the name of it because it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, But, like I said, there's three swords. He holds one of them. 
and he refuses to play in parties with anybody. He hates playing in parties. Uh, so he's your like lone wolf type. Uh, you later find out that the reason he doesn't play in parties is because, again, this is a game where if you die in the game, you die in real life. <laughs> because, of course. Oh, jeez. And um, there's this feature, if you want to call it that, that are called the Jaws of Death. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so the Jaws of Death are these, like, black smoky things that keeps encroaching on the map. And basically, Shiki put them into the game in order to keep pushing people forward so that the period cube would um, amass souls. And uh, so Radius is on a quest with a bunch of his pals to get the, the blade. And the Jaws of Death take over and basically all of his friends sacrifice themselves and get eaten and deleted by the jaws of death so that he can run and take the sword. So after that, he's like, no parties, none. The jaws of death. The jaws of death, which, you know, there's no explanation for how long this world V thing has been going on. Like there's an explanation for how long Arcadia has been going on, but the actual server where like, game equals death there's no indication so i don't know how long these people have been playing it's a little weird what the fuck is this game (laughs) (laughs) um it's a game i'm gonna skip this one i'll come back to him because he's a bad (laughs) um next we have asterum who is our butt wing guy oh butt wing He's on the angel side, and uh, he has six wings, and he's really big into role-playing. So, like, he he acts out his character, and everybody makes fun of him all the time, literally, including, like, his underlings. Oh, which I guess I should mention that there is a guy named Sirent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is the direct, like, right-hand man of Astrum. And based on the actual dialogue, like the Japanese... Oh, it's also voiced in Japanese for all you people who really like that. Um, I, I listened to what they were saying, and he's definitely saying, like, Sirentu or something like that. Uh, Sarientu, I, I can't remember how it's pronounced. Anyway, it basically translates to silent, so it's the LR issue. Um, Siren is not as good of a name except for we were talking about it and it could technically fit because he's an angel and they have like the wings and silent siren I don't know I just I don't think it's that that nuanced it's not it's literally just a translation yeah. issue <laughs> so Astrum was my least favorite of the main three uh, he he has the angel side of the sword he, uh, like I said, is very into role playing, and he's always like bowing down to you and kissing your hand and being really, really weird. And then you meet him in real life, <laughs> and like every two seconds, he's basically saying that he literally wants to die. Um, which is, you know, I I joke that I want to die, but I don't tell people every two seconds I literally want to die because they smile at me. It's a little weird. A little strange. A little, a little weird. And also, you find out that he is 
in the same class as your brother Shiki, but he's second place as opposed to first. So he has like real issues with your brother, which common theme, real issues with your brother. <laughs> um, and he likes, Astrum likes tortillas. Not like who says that their favorite food is tortillas. Yeah, not like tacos or burritos or like anything that involves like putting things into a tortilla. No, just tortillas. He's gonna like get yeah. a whole package of them. And be like, all right, here's dinner. One um, tortilla. Nom, nom. One, two tortilla. <laughs> and in the story, he tells you that tortillas are his favorite because you can eat them one-handed while you're playing games. I mean, there's so many other things you can do and eat with one hand. I- I know, I know. It's so bizarre. But he's he's really awkward. His is another one where everybody lives. So the main three, everybody lives, but Shiki loses his memory the past five years, which is like kind of, I guess, the canon option. Um, Astrum ends up actually, I don't understand why all these medical students can hack, but Astrum ends up hacking into the period cube and shutting it down. From outside the game world. You just didn't know that that's exactly what they're teaching medical students these days. It's how to hack. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So I like those three. Astrum was my least favorite, but I I liked their stories. Uh, Although I forgot to mention um, in Radius's um, story that his storyline ends. You're about to go out on a date to the planetarium. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you say his name and he kisses you and he's like we're going home she's like what we have a date we're going to the planetarium and he's like I know I bought the tickets I was really looking forward to it but if you want me to if you don't want me to do anything worse than kiss you in public we have to go home right now I'm like he just popped a public boner and is just like <laughs> we immediately have to take care of this <laughs> he 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 says to you, he's like, I, don't, I can't trust myself to be alone in a dark room with you at the planetarium. I'm like, is he going to, like, boner at the planetarium if, like, they don't go home? What is happening? Just for saying his name. <laughs> for saying his name. It's so weird. Like, he's an idol. He should be a little bit more in control of this. Oh. It was it was bizarre. And also his, um, his after story. They each have after stories. His after story is also basically just, like, yeah, it's time to go to Bone Zone. So the common theme: you're going to the the Bone Zone a lot. Yeah, but Radius was the most explicit about like going to bone the Bone zone. zone. Bone Zone is happening right now because <laughs> otherwise we're gonna have a disaster, and I'm just gonna take you on the streets because Ugh. he can't control himself. He has a problem. Yeah. Um. Speaking of problems, oh boy, you can also date a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, who is the younger brother of Natsu, the friend that died in the car accident. Uh, his name is Riku, not the cool Riku, and also not the Edge Lord Riku. <laughs> He's not simple and clean. Man, screw simple and clean. <laughs> Um, so Riku is always in the hospital. He's a sickly little, little infant and he plays as a girl. So his character in the game is a girl. And when you meet, meet him, everybody's like, yeah, she's this and she did that. And then eventually you realize like, oh, you're a boy. 
and you're not allowed to like tell anybody about it which is really weird completely normal honestly i don't even remember a whole lot about this route because i was just trying to get through it because i felt really uncomfortable with the fact that i was like dating a 14 year old in this you just blanked it all out Pretty much, like I know that he protects her at one point as his little Batgirl character, and oh, I remember what happens. Uh, he comes up with the idea to um, to overload the server to shut it server to shut it down. That's his idea. Spoiler alert: it works. <gasps> they actually don't show any kissing scenes, luckily, until he's an adult. Um, they show you getting a hand kiss, but um, they, the <laughs> epilogue is five years later when he's, like, for some reason healthy all of a sudden and is also going to medical school, I think, about to in America. The power of love healed him. Yeah. And, um, like, at least he's, like, 19 at that point, but... Even that, it, it was weird. Um, I felt really, it, it was gross. And also he plays as a girl because he likes to get free stuff, which I felt was really, really sexist to have that in the game. Yeah. And it felt really inappropriate. <sighs> but it's also explained that um, Natsu wanted to build the um, Arcadia game with Shiki so that uh, Riku would have something to do when he was in the hospital so that they could play together and, you know, bond. So it was made with good intentions on Natsu's part, but Shiki being the lord that he is, <laughs> um, ruined everything. Okay, we have Zane, who is an NPC. Let's date the NPC. Because that's normal. Yeah, um, so if you ever wanted to date a non-playable character, he's your jam. Um, he's kind of like your, um, like, undercover, like, psycho-type character. You know, you always have those characters that they seem really, really nice. And then you realize that they probably chain you to a wall and leave you there because they want to claim you as theirs and probably make you wear like a dog collar or something stupid like that. Um, he's, he's messed up. He's real messed up. <laughs> what is that voice? Still not the most messed up character in this game. Nope. He, so he's supposed to be an NPC that Shiki can control. But at one point he decides, oh, I'm going to protect main character and gets impaled um, at the same time as Demento, who is also trying to kill you because Demento tries to kill you in every route. Uh, so when he gets impaled, somehow, for some reason, the two of them merge Oh, right, right. Yeah. So the NPC Zane ends up taking over Demento's, like, human body in the real world. Which makes total sense. Total, total <laughs> sense. So, like, the entire time that it shows Demento impaled, I'm like, yeah, his body's going to be rotting because he lives by himself. And he's missing all the time because you go into a coma whenever you're in World V. 
and but it turns out his body's fine. It's just inhabited by a, a computer person. Uh, because that makes sense. He decides he's going to use the period cube to create a world with just the two of you. Which seems like a good idea, right? Totally. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, Shiki's like, no, you're an NPC, and breaks through. And for some reason, like, he's still in Demento's human body. And they're like, this is fine. You could just take over that guy's life. So he, like, becomes a convenience store <laughs> clerk. And he takes over his apartment. And for some reason, everything's fine. Like, how does nobody realize that Demento doesn't look at all like he used to? Or act like he used to. Yeah. Or that. Like, it's it's really, really weird. Should I talk about Demento first or Shiki first? I, got, I feel like you have to save the worst for last. All right, so we're going to talk about Demento first, yep. the literal serial killer. Which is, that's saying something. Um, again, he's a literal serial killer. He, um, he's called a fallen because he used to be on the angel faction. And if you kill another player, you become a PK, player killer, and you become fallen. So your wings basically get like ripped and um, you're only allowed to equip a knife. You only have one skill. You start over from level one. It's you can't go into towns, so you can't buy anything in terms of like equipment or medicine, any of that. So you have Demento, who decides that he really liked killing that guy that he killed. Who, like I said, if you die in the game, you die in real life. So he literally murdered this person and then decides that he's going to keep doing it. Hey, this is fun. I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, he keeps saying like how much he gets a thrill from like burying knives into people's flesh. And I'm like, whoa, buddy, you got <laughs> problems. Like, it, I forget which route it is, but he... Um, he like cuts a guy's ankles like the like Achilles. Ooh. And is like watching the guy like crawl away from him and like taunting him and throwing knives like at him until he dies. That's not nice. And this is someone that she decides that she should date. <sighs> yeah. Again, I also kind of blanked out some of this route, so I don't remember exactly how it came to be, but basically literally everybody died. Because the souls in the period cube are all collected, so like all your friends are in there, um, Haroya's in there, your brother's in there. Um, all the souls are in the period cube, and he destroys it as opposed to like figuring out a way to shut it down or whatever, like they normally do. And so by destroying it, he killed everybody. So she's just like, this is fine. I'm going to go hang out with my convenience store clerk, serial killer boyfriend who just murdered all my friends and family. <laughs> um, because, yeah, sure. Why not? That's yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, it's. And it's still not even the worst ending. No, or the worst <laughs> no, it's not. Because then you have Shiki, who is your literal brother. I forget. there. There's some confusion, and I think this may be translation issues. Um, 
at one point they call him your half brother. And then at one point they introduce him and he's kind of like your stepbrother. And then in his route specifically, they clarify multiple times, we are not related by blood. And I was like, oh no, this is not going to end well. If you're having to clarify that you're not related by blood, it's not going to go in a direction I like. And it goes in that direction. <laughs> it goes in that direction. Um, so Shiki is obsessed. And also, he's in love with you. His sister. And several times, he's like, I'm going to kiss you. Isn't that gross? A brother who wants to kiss his sister? And I'm like, yes, it is gross. You should stop. <laughs> but, of course, the game's like, no, this is romantic and great because he just wants to create a better world for you and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, nope. oh, oh, no. So, if Shiki... When you um, when you have choices like through the route until the epilogue, she keeps saying like "I love you, but I don't love you like that." And I was like, "Good, you should stick to that. You should maintain that <laughs> until the epilogue." And then she ends up being all in love with him, and bah, it's it's gross. Very gross. It's really gross. What's worse, though, is his bad ending. Which I showed you those screenshots. Um, <sighs> so in his bad ending, he's able to create the period cube world and like make a world where everybody's happy and nobody can get hurt. And um, so like all all these people, every single one of these people that I just listed, except for I think Demento. I don't think he was there, but you know. Why would he? <laughs> um, all these people are there and they're like eating hot pot at Cheeky's apartment. And you're like, what is happening? And then he um, he like rips your shirt off and you see your bra and everything. And I'm like, what the? But she's fine with it because, of course, she is. Don't Freaking be fine with that. Gross, incestuous shenanigans. Um. <laughs> So it kind of went downhill as I was playing through these routes. I really, really liked the beginning ones, and then I started to very much not like the ones at the end. But I was so invested in like understanding what was going on with the story that I kept doing the routes. And I think I have a pretty firm grasp of what happened. Do you? Do you really? <laughs> I mean, I just explained it without a wiki. <laughs> okay, yeah, true. This is the most comprehensive um, information anyone has on Period Cube on the internet. Da-da-da-da! It's the bad endings are all really bad. I mean, they're all really, really bad. Um, most of them, everybody dies except for you and whoever the dude is. Most of them. Except for in Cheeky's where he just molests you. It's. I mean, I had fun with it. Except for the bad routes. You started off strong with it because you got the good routes right out of the way. Right at the yeah. beginning. And then it was like, oh, I got to do all these other routes and they are not great. I, I really want to give it credit, though, the way that they made it so easy to get the bad routes. True, 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 true. Because um, you can just select the last chapter of whatever it is and you can like 
on a sliding scale, put like what your almighty level is going to be and what your affection level is going to be. So if you're trying to get the good ending, you can slide it all the way up. If you're trying to get the bad ending, you slide it all the way down. That's very, very, very smart. Like It's super smart. Visual novels need to have that style of mechanic in all of them for like, you know, considering a lot of them have like multiple endings and all that sort of stuff. You need to have something like that to make it easier to go back and get different endings. I completely agree. I love that aspect of it. Um, the art is also fantastic. Um, the main character is the one that has a little bit of off. Um, so there's a thing with, uh, Atome games that sometimes they're like, Hey, let's make the main character just have her eyes wide open during every single scene. (laughs) And it's really frightening and I don't like it. And so this falls into that, but all of the like backgrounds are beautiful. The colors are beautiful. All the guys are drawn amazingly. Uh, I was really, really impressed by that. And um, because it's me, (laughs) holy crap, the music of this game is stupidly good. Like, it has no right to be as good as it is. Like, you sent me some clips of like, like various different parts of the soundtrack, and I'm just like, I think I text like after the second one I texted you like is this soundtrack like really good? Yeah. There's not a bad song on the soundtrack. It's and they're just like epic battle themes and junk. I'm like this is amazing. I love it. Uh so there was that. <laughs> it has no right to be as good as it is, but somehow it's like amazing. It's amazing. Like, like what? I, I would literally spend money to buy the period cube soundtrack. Gonna have to look that up after we we, we finish this episode now. <laughs> like that's a thing that's telling you how good the soundtrack is. That it's just insanely, insanely good. So I mean, I guess if you're into the whole like dying the game, you die in real life thing. Fans of the uh, genre will enjoy. <laughs> also, if you like Atome games, you will enjoy. But you have to also keep in mind that there's a lot of things that are really kind of creepy a lot of problematic Uh, stuff a lot of problematic stuff a lot of good boys a lot of bad boys a lot of really bad boys a lot of serial killer nonsense going on there because you also have to consider that shiki is also a serial killer because he put in those jaws of death and he put in like he made the world so anybody who died in that game it's shiki's fault yeah yeah jaws of death (laughs) <laughs> cannot get over that <laughs> such a yep. dumb name uh i mean he didn't really get a whole lot of creativity in there because like the angel's capital is celestial <laughs> something and then like the the demon one is twilight capital and i'm like really that's 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 what you're going with bro you can't even give them good names oh and the neutral town in the middle is called adventurers town <laughs> god so um wow yeah a lot of the enemy sprites are reused a lot um which is kind of annoying but you know mmos kind of do that sometimes so it, it seemed okay um the battle you know was superficial it was just make a choice like you would in any other dialogue situation. Because yeah, um, we were I, we were kind of talking about it like before it came out. I was like, does this 
this game kind of has like, does it have battle mechanics? That's real weird for an Atome game to have like actual gameplay. <laughs> and then you're just like, nah, it's just choices. It's nothing really. Yeah, yeah, it's just choices. Um, so yeah, it it was it was a thing. I had fun with <clears throat> fun with it, but you have to really, really be into the genre and be willing to uh, put up with some bad routes in order to get the full story. But it was cool. Um, also, if anybody listened to this and they got through my period cube explanation and they're still listening, can can you tweet at us at what's our Twitter handle? At Anime Checkup. Thank you. Um, what is a blank jigsaw puzzle? Oh, right. Oh, right. Because neither of us can figure out what a blank jigsaw puzzle is. Like, is it a jigsaw puzzle with no picture? If that's the case, what's the point? Like, what is a blank jigsaw puzzle? Why is this? Why is Shiki good at them? Why is that his specialty? I mean, he's a weirdo in general. What do you expect? <laughs> he dislikes idealists. He wants to bang his sister. Okay, <laughs> he wants to bang his sister. <sighs> oh, I didn't realize that um, Radius was 18. I thought he was older than that. <laughs> the guys range in age from 14 to 22. It's a, it's a wide range. It is. Um, also, they say a few times in the game, like, I didn't realize that Libra, Libra was... A guy, the voice doesn't indicate that. And, like, I was listening to it, and I knew, like, right off the bat that it was a dude. So I don't know what they were talking about. We'll never know. Meh. Um, Although, I will give them credit. The 14-year-old boy who decides that his character is going to be a girl so that he can get items for free because f*** you. Um... (laughs) Did pick a very flat-chested avatar, so I was I was kind of happy about that. Uh, at least he didn't go with, like giant melons. The one good decision in that also, part. Yeah, and one good thing about this game that I haven't mentioned is that a lot of the side characters that you can't date are fantastic. Um, there were several of them that I was like, I want to date him instead. Can I date him? No. Uh, because they're great. Um, there is like this tiny 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 girl who leads a guild and has like a giant axe that takes up the entire Vita screen and her sprite and it's amazing. I I think she's hilarious. Um, there is a healer who's kind of like your playboy womanizer with very pretty red hair. He was gorgeous. Uh, I wanted to date him and they wouldn't let me. <laughs> uh, there was a guy with like Goat ears. He was he was fun. There was a girl. Um, her name was Miseria, and she had like a hooded face, but she had an eye design over like her nose and eyes, and the eye design changed depending on her emotions. So that was really cool. And um, there was a crafter who had like swirly eyeglasses, and he had like ram horns, I think. He was neat. Like I said, Sirent was a pretty cool dude. Except his name was misspelled. It was. 
so Siren, I think, is pretty much like, I feel like he at one point realizes that he's playing this game with like a bunch of either teenagers or people with a teenage mentality. Because he just seemed so done at one point. <laughs> like, <laughs> really, really good. Um, but he's also like, I didn't even have enough time to go smoke. Oh, right. Because you can go back to the real real life for a, a short amount of time if you complete a special quest. In case you have school or a job or whatever. <laughs> oh, no. I got school and a job. I need to go back to the real world. <laughs> Yep. Um, so period cube. Is there anything else I should mention about period cube? I don't think so. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, not that, not to my knowledge. I mean, if you like this genre or you're willing to give it a shot, I'd, I'd recommend it totally. If you listen I'd, through all of that and you're still like, you know, I, I, I'm interested in that. Yeah. Go for why not? it. <laughs> that is the Take most some, some anime boys. Yeah, that was the most comprehensive knowledge. And information of Period Cube that is currently out on the internet today. Oh, I didn't talk about Poyo Poyo. Even though Poyo Poyo is shiki. It'll take us into Poyo Poyo Tetris, too. That's true. Um, so Poyo Poyo <laughs> is this, like, floating mascot character who he's listed as Intel. But he's actually shiki. And he's creepy. Because he keeps turning from Poyo Poyo to shiki behind your back when you're asleep and touching you inappropriate don't do that um, no don't do that uh but his route was difficult to unlock um so hit me up if you need help unlocking Puyo Puyo. Uh, yeah because i had i had to go look up like a, a uh the japanese walk like trophy walk through that yep. had all of like the route like uh choices and everything i was like okay i think this will work here you go um but again, it, it just leads to Shiki, which is a disaster. But to get the full story, you need to know what Shiki's up to. Um, but yeah, Poyo Poyo, uh, he's a mascot that apparently the story behind that is that toddler main character, which again, gross. <laughs> to toddler main character is given a Poyo Poyo doll. Um from Shiki when they first meet when they're like hey this is your new sister um, he gives her the doll and she names it Poyo Poyo because that's one of the phrases that she can say and so that's why he ends up putting it into the game so period cube period cube what the f*** is that game <laughs> oh man <laughs> moving what a while God. Yeah, no kidding. Oh boy. Moving on, let's talk about Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is a game that combines both Puyo Puyo and Tetris. Imagine that. I know. So, like, as a puzzle game itself, like, it's very good. There's a lot of different modes in it, so you can have, like, your, your variety of, like, solo modes. There's, like, you know, just verses... Uh, a battle mode, like a puzzle type mode, where you like you have to figure out which which puzzle piece to goes into which slot and can continue on and, until you clear your board. Uh, there's a lot of different multiplayer options. There's an online mode that has like ranked, unranked, and a like puzzle league where you have like you know your leaderboard rankings and all that sort of stuff. A wide variety of characters 
that apparently are <laughs> from the Poyo Poyo side are like le- legitimately characters that have been in that series throughout like the its its entire run, which you wouldn't really think of. And then there are Tetris characters that are named after Tetris pieces. Oh my god, really? So there is T, S, I, J and L, Z, and they're all Tetris pieces. Oh my god. And they they are occupants of the SS Tetra. It's a spaceship. <laughs> so like there there is a story mode to this game which when you look at it, when you look at Poyo Poyo Tetris by itself, you're like, why is there a story mode to this game? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I mean, like, it's it's kind of like just a weird and silly and bonkers type of story. It, it doesn't really like, it's not like the best story you'll ever see. It's like, you know, there's the Poyo Poyo planet where like they all, all the characters from Poyo Poyo are together and they, they, they pass their time popping Poyos. And then the SS Tetra is out in space uh, a bunch of Poyos come and, like, attack it, and they get sent down to the Poyo Poyo land, and that's how all these characters interact. And then there's, like, this overarching story as well about, like, some mysterious character I haven't gotten this far yet, because the story actually gets kind of hard because the puzzle mechanics get very hard at some point. But there is a overarching character that is trying to merge the two universes of Poyo Poyo and Tetris together. And that's how they get the way to play Poyo Poyo and Tetris together. Because there's also modes in this where you play both puzzle games at the same time. So, like, one will be, like, you swap back and forth between boards. So, you have a Poyo Poyo board and a Tetris board. And you swap back and forth that. And then there's another where you're playing Poyo Poyo and Tetris at the exact same time. It's kind of bonkers. Oh, that sounds hard. Yeah. I've also learned through this because I I haven't really played a Puyo Puyo game before. I mean, they really haven't come out to the U.S. I don't think in really that big of numbers. Uh, There was Dr. Robotnik's Mean Beat Machine, which is very similar to Puyo Puyo. Uh, Dr. Mario's kind of similar in in a sense. Also Puzzle Fighter as well. I am f***ing hot garbage at Puyo Puyo. (laughs) because <laughs> a lot of it it's like it's not like tetris where you know you're, you're building lines and clearing them it's like you're building up combos and that's how you you gain a lot of points you're not just like trying to clear out uh chunks of four like you want to build up like right. so it's like drops into combo into combo into combo into combo and i'm very bad at that as it turns <laughs> out whoops so yeah but it's on its own like the the puzzle mechanics and everything are very very good like if you want a good tetris game this is it if you want to, if you want a good Poyo Poyo game, this is it as well. And if you want like a bonkers story mode, this is it as well. But the key point that I think this game has is that it might literally have one of the best dubs, best dub, the be- best dubs and best like voice crew out of any game I've seen this year. Like it is so legitimate that you would never think of when you think of a game called Poyo Poyo Tetris. I almost bought it because you told me what the voice cast was. And I was like, wow, that's insane. Like, I literally almost bought the game immediately just because I mean, of the voice cast. $30. I know. I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to do it. I did just buy Caligula. Yeah, true. Effect, so. <laughs> I'm going to do a run through of key people in this dub. It's 90% of pretty much everyone. I know, like, not all of the dub cast has been kind of revealed because in the credits, they don't have, like, the, the crew, like, the dubbing crew. So it's like there's no like voice cast in the in the credits itself, which kind of sucks. That does suck. Yeah, 
Also, I guess like uh, Atlas USA was a big proponent of getting this game localized and brought over to the United States, which is kind of crazy in and of itself because this is a Sega game. Like, yeah, I, but that kind of makes sense why yeah. the voice cast is but, it true, is. true. But I'm, like, but I'm saying like Atlas Japan had like nothing to do with this game at all. Hmm. Um, I had a point that I was going to make before I went into the crew. The cast. It was before I was going to get into the cast, but now I'm completely blanking on it. Whoops, mubby. Whoops. Anyways, let's talk about this uh, cast of characters. Cast crew. Crew. Voice crew. Not the characters. Characters are all weird stuff. There's a talking fish. There's a dog. There's a doctor dog. He's the doctor of dogs. There's a bear doctor. Wait, do they take care of dogs and bears? Or are they bears and dogs who are also doctors for whoever? It's a dog who is also a doctor. So he'll take care of me. Yes. If you were real. Yes. But he gets I'd he get, he gets very scared easily. So he starts whining a lot if he gets scared and spooked. Oh, I would trust Dog Doctor. Doctor Dog, the Doctor of Dogs, is very trustworthy. There are two other characters that bully him at, and in the very beginning of the story mode, and it's very very upsetting. Oh. Very traumatizing. Don't bully the doggy. Don't bully Doctor Dog, the Doctor of Dogs. Anyways, let's check out his voice crew. Uh, like I said, ninety percent of it is pretty much here. Like the the like the one or two I didn't put in, it was just like because they didn't necessarily have roles that we would associate with or we knew specifically. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so this is pretty much an order of how it is on behindthevoiceactors.com. Uh, Erica Mendez, who is Nagisa and Danganronpa, another episode, and Nico in Love Live. Christine Marie Cabanos, who is Chiaki in Danganronpa two and three. Azusa and Kaon and Shiho in Persona five. Cassandra nice. Lee Morris, who is Ritsu and Kaon, Aika in the Persona 4 anime, Morgana in Persona 5, Lynn in Xenoblade Chronicles Cross, and Asahina in the Danganronpa game dub. Yup. Aaron Fitzgerald, who is Seiko in Danganronpa 3, Chie in Persona 4 Golden Onwards, Futaba's mom in Persona 5, Junko in the Danganronpa and Danganronpa 2 game dubs, Quark in VLR, and Erica and Catherine. Erica Lindbeck, who is Futaba in Persona 5, and Emma in Ace Attorney 6. <laughs> uh Kira Buckland, who is Hiyoko in Danganronpa two and three. Uh you're you're gonna Alex in Miraculous? Is that how you pronounce her name? Alex, yeah. Okay. And Trucy in Ace Attorney Six. Nice. Uh Spike Spencer, who is the original Shinji Ikari in Evangelion dub. <laughs> and, what? Yeah. <laughs> and also Ring a Bell and Bravely Default. Uh, Kyle Herbert, who is Soda in Danganronpa 2 and 3, Mitsuo in Persona 4, Adult Gohan in Dragon Ball Z and pretty much all of the Dragon Balls since then, Madarame in Persona 5, Edgeworth in Ace Attorney 5 and 6, and also like the English voice of Ryu in Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, ben Diskin, who is Umino in the New Sailor Moon dub, Nino in Miraculous, and also Joseph Mother Joestar. Oh my god, we have to end this by talking about our revelation, by the way. Continue. We do. Uh, Max Middleman, who is Ryuji in Persona 5. Eden Regal, who is Hifumi in Persona 5. Izabu in Shimagami Tensei 4. Diana in Zero Time Dilemma. Marie in Persona 4. And Estelle in Tales of Vesperia. Wendy Lee, who is Faye in Cowboy Bebop. Clover, Clover in 999 Virtue's Last Reward. Athena in Ace Attorney 5 and 6. Akane in the Dong- Rampa 2 game dub. And Fuka in Persona 4 Arena and Persona Q. God. Xander Mobis, who is the protagonist in Persona 5 and also the narrator in Super Smash Bros. Wii U. And then Matt Mercer. From Matt Mercer. 
from Matt Mercer. <laughs> That's all you need. How does this game have this good of a dubbing crew? What the? Uh, f- it's <laughs> so good. It's disgusting. It's ridiculous. Wow. Wow. Like, best game dub of the year so far? Question mark. It's it's got to be right up there. Because man, <laughs> man. But yeah, Puyo Puyo Tetris is, is very, very good. If you want a good puzzle game, this is this is definitely one to get. And it, especially since you know it's it's thirty ba- thirty dollars, thirty dollars. <laughs> it's baller. Thirty dollars on PlayStation Four and digitally on Switch. Forty for physical on Switch. Uh, I would definitely say if you want, if you're looking to get it or thinking about getting it, you should probably do it soon. I would assume this probably has like a limited run because I know, especially they said the physical for the Switch, I think is a is a limited edition. Uh, and eventually, you know, if this game is is rare at any point, it'll it'll go up in price. So you want to watch out for that. Obviously, the Switch version that has a digital one, that's not going to go up in price. So you you'd be okay there. But if you're looking at one of the physical copies you might want to be thinking of getting it sooner rather than later. That's Boyo Boyo Tetris. Nice. What did you want to talk about our revelation? Oh, I was going to say that we had the revelation after we did the JoJo episode right. about the voice actors. Oh, right, right. How they... And <laughs> <laughs> we should mention that because I'm just mind blown by it. That the voice actor for Nino has been Diskin. Yes. It was Joseph Joestar. Yes. And then. And the voice actor for Adrian is Pat Bryce Pappenbrook. <laughs> His new name is Pat Bryce Pappenbrook. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Pappenbrook. And he was Caesar. We could totally have a miraculous JoJo reunion of the bromance. The bromance lives on. And then also Keith Silverstein's obviously in there as well. Yes. Like. Um, al- although he's a villain. Yeah. Still. There needs. There just needs to be some like weird offshoot episode where like they, they, they for some reason go into their JoJo voices. So like Nino is talking like Joseph. Adrian's talking like Caesar. <laughs> It would be great. And I was joking. I was like, Nino fights with bubbles. So Joseph is taking on the bubbles. It's, it's true. It's, like, it's... <laughs> there's no but, reason that connection should work as well as it does. It really, really, there's, there's, there's no reason. But it was really entertaining when I had this revelation. I was like, wait a minute. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I'm disappointed we didn't realize it for the JoJo episode. But now that we can mention it, here it is. The bromance lives on through Miraculous, and I am so happy. <laughs> so ridiculous. Anyway, Mario Kart. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The final game we're going to talk about is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It is a is a port slash enhanced version of Mario Kart 8 that was on the Wii U because no one bought a Wii U except us. I had one, and I loved it. It was my favorite system of this last gen, this gen, question mark. <laughs> yeah, the Wii U is in like, such a weird place because... It's this gen, but also not this gen. What generation would you classify it in? Because it came out before the PS4 and the Xbox One, but was still in the same kind of era, area that the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 were in, also the Wii. The Wii U was just on its own island. It's on its own. 
Um, I loved it. And that was a great system. But anyway, um, nobody nobody had one, so nobody got Mario Kart 8. And it was a good Mario Kart. And apparently and... a lot of people have bought this game. I think like uh, a statistic I saw was like one in two Switch users have bought Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Wow. Yeah, I like think they, they said they, this game has sold like a half million copies at launch. It's pretty impressive for a port. Yeah. You can tell a lot of people did not buy this game on the Wii U. Um, which is a shame because it's actually one of the best Mario Karts that's yeah. come out in a long time. It's, um, it's the, a... the zero gravity parts are fabulous. I think it's such a good idea. It... Um, I will say, though, after us playing for <laughs> hours the other day, yeah, we... the random selection is not very good. I think we played for like five or six hours just doing some yeah. online battles back and forth. And yeah, we got like... We, we did a lot of our races as, like, random battles or, like, random selection, and it definitely seemed to favor some tracks more than others. Like, I think there was at least one or two tracks we never got through random selection, and one or two tracks yep. we got at least seven or eight times. Yep. Yep. It was a little annoying. Um, also, the internet was a little funky, yeah. but I don't know what was that, what was going on there i mean it did seem to like fix itself a little bit after like i had to like reboot my system because like before it was like kind of dropping after a couple of races and then after that it didn't, it didn't seem as bad if my memory's correct yeah. so but that just could have been you know the switch is kind of weird with like internet connections in general and it was launch day launch night slash so all right that might have been um, it but who knows really I literally had a sore thumb and an indention in my thumb from playing <laughs> yep. for so long. But I, man, was it fun. It was a lot of fun. I also, the next day, went and bullied a six-year-old in Mario Kart and beat him handily. So I felt real good about that. <laughs> but it did give me a chance to test out, like, you know, the Joy-Cons playing that game with just two, two Joy-Cons. It, it works pretty fine. Uh, I would suggest though, if you do like, you want to like pop pop off the Joy Cons and play two player that way, uh, put the wrist straps on so you get the, like the two buttons on top that are actually more button like. That definitely is a uh, is a help there. I can imagine that would be really helpful here. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about I guess some differences that are in this version than compared to Wii U Mario Kart Eight. Uh, all the DLC. All the DLCs in there, plus some new characters. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. King Boo, Dry Bones, Bowser Jr., Inkling Girl, and Inkling Boy, and also Gold Mario. Nice. And they also like revamped the battle mode as well, so it's not like you're. I guess before you were like driving on just like repurposed versions of like the tracks in the game, and now there are actual like battle courses. Uh, four original ones, one from the 3DS version called Woohoo Town. The Luigi's Mansion from GameCube. Battle Course 1 from Super Mario Kart. The best Mario Kart. Don't at me. And then a uh, also a new version. Uh, one map from, from Splatoon. Urchin Underpass. Which actually, that the Splatoon map is actually really cool. Because it incorporates like the, the music from Splatoon. And it does the same thing that Splatoon does. Is like when it becomes like one minute left in the round. Like the music speeds up and gets real hectic. Like the same thing it does in Splatoon. So that's real, real cool. Uh, also... Nice. Uh, two item boxes you can get now. Uh, smart steering and auto accelerate have been added for beginners. It's you don't turn that shit off when you when you first boot up the game. You don't want that stuff on. Two hundred CC. 
Oh my god, 200cc was chaos. It's fast. Um, I was literally running into everything. <laughs> it was somewhat of a disaster, but um, really, uh, also <laughs> we kept teasing each other because you can like send messages back and forth. Yeah. Playing, <laughs> and one of them is I'm using tilt controls. I'm using tilt controls. <laughs> Because, of course, you want to tell people that you're using tilt controls. <laughs> it's real dumb. It's real dumb. Uh, they added another uh, boost. So there's like three stages of boost now when you're drifting. Uh, all the vehicle parts from the DLC are just now thrown in there that you unlock randomly. It's not. Yeah, I didn't like that because I don't have a Triforce bike anymore. Yeah, so like... so the. I guess the surprising thing about that is is that like all of the Mercedes-Benz DLC for Mario Kart 8 is actually <laughs> in this game, which I would have figured that if there was any DLC that would have been dropped from between the two versions, it would have been that because I would assume like the licensing would be kind of crazy, but apparently not. Like They kept that stuff in the game, which is still a very weird addition to Mario Kart. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, let's see here. There's a new thing of implementing for like the amiibo stuff. I think where it's like you unlock costumes and all that stuff. I think it's said on here or something. I haven't tried any of it yet. Yeah, like um, the, yeah, like there's just like a set number of them that you can use. So like not everyone has anything. Uh, like some of like the new amiibos that have come out since Mario Kart Eight uh, don't unlock anything. So like Waluigi, Boo, those ones they don't give you anything and it's just like a suit for your me anyway so it's nothing real interesting at all or anything like that uh two new items there's the boo that steals your items and then feather is only in battle mode but feathers back uh because it was in the it was in the first game obviously the best one <laughs> uh there's three new vehicles as well one's a koopa clown car which was i guess in mario kart 7 and then two vehicles from splatoon the splat buggy and the ink striker I was going to say something. Now I totally can't remember what it was. That Super Mario Kart was the best Mario Kart. Thank you. Glad we could have this. <laughs> lies. Lies, lies, lies. Uh, what was... Oh, um, you're going to have to make a me again. What? No. That me, The me I made is fantastic, I will tell you. <laughs> no, I was saying that the people who are listening to this oh, yes. who are considering buying Mario Kart will also have to make another That is, That is a real bummer. That the, when Your you, is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you first boot up the game and, like, do the star sequence and all that stuff, it's like, this first or second thing it tells you is like, oh, you need to make a me right now. So you can either, like, pick a, like, a prefab one or you build a new me, which is a real bummer because who the f- wants to deal with me's in 2017 you made a monstrosity i did make a monstrosity and he's real cool his name is ah because that's how you feel when you see him <laughs> i should i should make that the thumbnail art this episode <laughs> please do like literally i made my me because i was like i don't want to make another f-ing me especially because it's real lame that they don't have the same, like, um, transfer me stuff that, like, the Wii U and the 3DS had where, you, like, you could transfer your me from the 3DS to the Wii U, and it was a yeah. very simple process. This yep. is just, like, you're building one from scratch. Go f*** yourself. Yeah, it sucked. And there's no, like, pictures, so you can't, like, take a picture and it makes you, like, one based on what you look like, and it, 
Yeah. It's not cool. So I was just like, hey, hey, Nintendo, uh, you. I'm going to make a monster-looking me. And that's exactly what I did. Because <laughs> you can make some f***ing atrocities in that thing. Yeah. I, I don't even understand how you made what you made, but it was terrifying. Nightmare fuel. Uh, there's some sliders you can do in that thing that make it go real bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, I clearly can <laughs> see that. Also, I guess we should kind of mention this. This game has double the localizers that Persona 5 had, which makes zero sense. <laughs> there are, there's 11 listed in the credits, and then like a 12th one that's just copy editors. But still... What the fuck? <laughs> this isn't a text-heavy game. No, it's not. No, it's not. And also, I don't. I still understand why Bandai Namco is in the special thanks of this game. Mm. Because there's no Bandai Namco characters in Mario Kart. Oh, the company also assisted in Mario Kart 8's development. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I thought they assisted with the development. That makes more sense now. Nice. It was fun, though. I'm glad that I have the complete game with some extra stuff that I can play online with people. And Yeah. Like, as, I have more friends on the Switch than I do the Wii U yeah. anyway. As someone who hasn't like bought a physical home console Mario Kart game since Super Mario Kart, like, it's a, this is a very good one of those. Like, the other, Zero Gravity is really fun. Yeah. Uh, it also has a Rainbow Road from Super Mario Kart in it, and that's my favorite Rainbow Road. Obviously because I'm biased. <laughs> you are very biased. Super Mario Kart is a f***ing amazing video game. It is, but you're very biased. Yeah, it's true. I fall directly in line with, hey, the first Mario Kart's the best Mario Kart argument. But I would say, like, Mario Kart 8 is a f***ing real good, real good game. It's really, really good. Very pretty, and, like... If you wanted to come into the, like this series fresh and like not really know anything about it, like this is a fantastic way to get an introduction into the series, and especially with all the DLC and having like a bunch of like you know all star tracks, which I know they've done for quite a while now, but like there's a good ass assessment of various tracks from like all of the previous Mario Kart games, which is pretty good. And Excite Bike. Yeah, Excite Bike. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, we should protect Link's smile because he's so happy in this one, and I love it. I love how happy he is. Although he swings his sword around <laughs> a lot, dangerously, and he should probably not do that. I, I don't understand how the Mario Kart officials allowed Link and these the Squid Kids to bring weapons onto the track. Weapons, Because right. like, Link has a sword, and the Squid Kids have their guns, <laughs> which they just throw out like randomly. It's like, um, that's not a good idea very bad don't allow young children and link to bring weapons onto the racetrack it's no and i mean he's just like swinging the sword around <laughs> you are going to literally decapitate someone that is what's going to happen and then it's going to be rated m very quickly i mean oh. we did come up with the idea that there should be like a version of mario kart 8 where it is, like, an, a mature-rated version of, like, the online function. So, like, all of, like, the text boxes are just real bad cussing at each other. <laughs> well, that was mainly because I just kept cursing at you. 
Also, we should point this out. Uh, this will only count between me and you, obviously. But the only way to play Mario Kart 8 online is by having a very random shuffle of music choices play in the background while you're driving. I agree. Um, I actually muted Mario Kart 8 while we were playing and just <laughs> had you on Skype, put my Amazon Prime on, let's go. It was, it was amazing. Uh, I mean, have you ever, ever, ever played Mario Kart 8 while 3-6 Mafia Black? No. <laughs> and it's followed directly by Whitney Houston. <laughs> I don't think anyone has. Uh, no, no. I'm pretty sure like Savage Garden popped up at some point. Yep. I know Lou Bega did. Yep. Uh, Outcast did. It was all Backstreet Boys. Yeah, it was all over the place. Uh, so I have the weirdest musical taste in the world. It's all over the place. And so once you get me on shuffle, it's a disaster. But that's the only way to play Mario Kart. The only way. <laughs> we should play after this sure why not <laughs> ow well you get attacked by cats yeah um that is going to do it for this episode sure will <laughs> sure will uh next week <laughs> literally just don't make any promises okay let's let's, let's put it like this Either it's going to be the Zelda episode, or we're going to talk about the Kaluuya effect. Depends on if we beat it. Depends or on not. if we beat it or not. We, knowing us, we'll probably beat it. Yeah. This is us. This is us. So it, either one of those, or maybe something else entirely. Who knows? It's us. <laughs> who knows? Who the heck knows? Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, for more information, go to seasonalamagecheckup.com or stc.cool where you can find pre previous episodes. I, I was trying to say previous and then thought of past at the same time <laughs> and really almost confused myself. Uh, past episodes of this very podcast where we've talked about, like last episode, we talked about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Parts 1 and 2. Uh, we recently talked about Persona 5, which is kind of a spoiler cast. Uh, various retrospective episodes. You know, fun fact, and I don't think I've told you, that Zero Escape retrospective episode is going, it's actually done real well. Surprisingly so. Has it? Yeah. Good, good. It's been like the highest uh, page count number. I was trying to describe that in a different way and it didn't come out right. Uh, for like the past month or so. It's real strange. Wow, I'm really surprised. Yeah. Uh, and then other episodes as well. Uh, also, on the website, I put up a, a new article for the first time in like a year. <laughs> uh, talking about my issues with Persona 5. So you can go check that out. There are some spoilers in there, so be cautious of that. But uh, there, you know, I had obviously, if you listen to the Persona Five uh, podcast that we did, uh, you know that I had some various issues with that game, and I kind of wanted to like have a avenue, a venue to talk about those more in detail and trying to get that off my chest. Like, okay, what was wrong with that game that I didn't like and thought was disappointing? And that's basically kind of what I did. Um, I've got some recent stuff up. Yeah, you do. Um, and Ladium.com. Um, I've got, as of today, a piece specifically about uh, Anne Takamaki uh, and did you, Persona 5. Did you almost have to do like a, a double take just to think of if you were saying that correctly because of how wrong I, they say it in the game? I did. I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you, you called me out on that. Um, 
I, I wrote a piece about um, the weird treatment that Atlas gives her in terms of her sexualization and also her storyline. Um, there's some spoilers in there, so be aware. That article is f- fantastic, by the way. Like, legitimately, I think it is one of your best articles you've ever done. Like, the argument is so tight and concise. Uh, it's it's just very, very good all around. Thank you. Um, I also did a piece on uh, JoJo uh, and progressive ideas in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which was surprising for me. Uh, I I did that unprovoked, by the way. Yeah. Also, uh, very I good. Did, <laughs> did a Persona 5 in-depth review. And I guess other than that, I did a ukulele review. Those are my recent pieces. Yeah. Um, I've been on a on a roll writing things that aren't my dissertation. <laughs> so, uh, go read those if you would like. I would appreciate it. Um, you can also, I guess, if you want to talk about the pieces, you can talk to me on my personal Twitter, but that's at Enladium. But also you could tweet at the um, the official one for us because I'll pay attention there too. That's true. That's at Anime Checkup, so you can follow us there to get more information of like what the two of us are, are doing. Uh, like I tweet out stuff that, you know, new podcast episodes, new stuff that I put up. I retweet what uh, Enladium puts up. And just like random, you know, discussions here and there just about random shit. Like Sometimes meme cats. Sometimes meme cats. Sometimes my Saturday Tiger Mask W recaps. <laughs> Got to talk about some professional wrestling anime. <laughs> and yeah, that is just a good way to get a hold of both of us since there's not like really a good avenue, I guess, besides Twitter or Tumblr or something like that, or just the website in general to get a hold of both of us and have us like kind of both be in that same conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the best way because otherwise you're just getting at one of us and that's not really productive. Right. So yeah. Heck yeah. Go check out all the new stuff that we've put out. Um, And that's going to do it for this week. We will be back next week with something. I don't know. Something. Legitimately do not know. Nope. No clue. Um, I'm still downloading Caligula Effect. So I I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a gig. (laughs) You know what? Um, I also got a phone call from from Verizon. They're like, "Do you realize how much internet you use?" And I'm like, "Yes, I know how much internet I use. Please just <laughs> leave me alone." So, um, <laughs> whoops. I mean, skyping as well probably kind of has like slowed down your download as well. Meh. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see if that appears, and if not, maybe that Zelda episode will appear, or something else entirely. Who? knows all right i know what next week's gonna be oh, are you ready no it's gonna be an episode about things you can put in tortillas there you go <laughs> <laughs> look forward to that next week tortilla episode and we'll see you then when we have one hand with a tortilla and the other hand free to do whatever we want like gaming i'm glad you clarified